Two giant goofballs is shot live in front of a streaming audience. Welcome to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. Are you a goofball that loves Giants football? If so, sit back and relax. Except you, that person driving. Sit up and keep your eyes on the road. Your ears, though, can still listen as we talk about the team that both excites and frustrates us so much. And now, now, here are your goofball hosts, Drew and Rob. Welcome, fellow goofballs, to Giant Goofballs, the New York Giants podcast. I am Drew, joined as always by... Ami, Rob. Let's get on with the show. Oh, yes, it's time to talk about the group. The group that Giants fans have been complaining about for the last... Decade and plus. 20 years, it seems like. <laughs> the offensive Listen. line, the biggest struggle this team has had since our last Super Bowl victory, going on 14 years ago, next year now. And yeah, guys, this is, this is not one of the years that we can go, okay, we saw some progress here. No, this was a, a poop show, to put it nicely, a poop show. Yeah, dog garden poop show. Yeah, so let's go over with you guys the poop show that was last year. And then we're going to go over with you guys options to fix the line. Because I do see a light at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. I do like the, the new coach we got there, uh, Brasillo, uh, for the offensive line. I think a lot of the issue still was coaching with Bobby Johnson. Not to put it all on him. It's not all him. Yeah. But I mean, I there's also a burger think- flipper over there. It probably wasn't. Oh, yeah. We'll, well, we'll be talking about the burger flipper. Don't you worry. So. We have so many people that played on the offensive line this year. It's not even funny because of all the injury issues we had here. So instead of organizing it by starters, backups, uh, position, all that kind of fun stuff there, I went purely based on snap count. They're an interesting that's, way to go over it. That's fair because yeah. there was definitely some more versatile uh, players that got more snaps. Oh, yes. Number one on top of the list, Ben Bredesen. Uh, guard and also played a little center this year. 16 games on the season, 16 starts, 1,014 snaps. Not even close, uh, you know, a second in this whole race here. That he's by far the, 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 the most snaps of any of the players here, uh, this whole season. Uh, yeah. Here's the problem though 42.1 PFF grade, guys. That's it. That's not very good. Now, I know we've talked about PFF grades. And I realized when we were doing this, we really never haven't, at least in a while, given you guys what those numbers really mean here. So the PFF ranking overall, if you're less than 59, you're considered replaceable. Like your average run of the mill, I, I can get anybody off the streets probably to replace you and be just as good. 69 yeah. to 60 is a backup. 84 to 70 is considered a, a, a starter. A good quality starter, obviously, depending on what size of that skill you're on. The high 80s, 85 to 89 is like a Pro Bowl caliber player. And if you're 90 or above, you're considered elite. So, oh, yeah, 40 clearly goes into that replaceable category. 42.1 <laughs> for Ben Bredesen. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's our, that's our, that's our leading snap count line, offensive lineman. And I'd love to tell you guys it gets better from there, but I'd be lying. Hmm. Next up, Justin Pugh. Pew Pugh. Who's Obviously, a guard slash tackle uh, played both roles this season for us here, and this yeah it doesn't get better, guys. Well, I mean, he in his defense was like a last minute hire. 
<laughs> he was. He was. So, he was still keeping in shape. He was still keeping in shape to get everything rolling. So 12 games, 12 starts, 764 snaps, a 41.6 PFF grade. Not good. I mean, let's not forget that at the beginning of the season, this guy was with Joe Flacco hanging out on their mom's uh, in their mom's basement eating Pringles. Yeah, but I don't give that excuse as much for an offensive lineman. Like, don't be wrong. In the beginning, first couple games, okay, maybe a little bit off, but that wasn't the scenario for him. He got worse as the season went on. It felt like like at the beginning of the year, like okay, he's doing pretty good at this. He holding up pretty well. Okay, kind of impressed here. And then as the season gets on, worse and worse. Like okay, now I see why he was a free agent. Yeah. That, that's I mean, that's what it was. You paint now, rust any color, it's still rust. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, you don't see the rust in the beginning. It takes a lot to come through. That's what happened. You, by the um, way. And both these guys are free agents, both Justin Pugh and Ben Bredesen. So we don't know if they're going to be Giants next year going forward at all in any way, shape, or form. So we'll have to see what happens there. Third on the list, John Michael Hemmerschleimer Schmitz. <laughs> His name is my name, too. J- John Michael Schmitz, JMS, the vaulted second-round pick of the New York Giants, the guy that everybody was excited, including us, that we got him. 13 games, 13 starts, 756 snaps, a 41.4 PFF grade, guys. Not very good. Yeah. But I will say this. I think before he got injured, I thought he was doing much better. I think the injury kind of was lingering. And I do I- think next year he'll be better both because of experience and because of health-wise. I think he was kind of fighting through because, A, that's the player he is, and, B, he also saw how banged up the offensive line was to begin with, you know? Um, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. He's a rookie. He's coming in. Why you were kissing me. We're talking about JMS. <laughs> you pervert. But, hey, you're the one talking about kissing. I was talking about football. You're the one who's trying to kiss. But, but anyway. Uh, yeah he's a rookie you i don't know when the last time a center has been taken in the draft and comes into a new offensive line that's not good and becomes a stud that has like a 90 rate on pf uh pff no no so like i expected a low grade maybe not you know below 42 grade but i didn't expect to see great stuff now, if we have we have the same conversation yeah. next year, that's when we'll have to start, you know, reevaluating. Yeah, I mean, it, I think people kind of expected to pop in like Creed Humphrey did a couple of years ago with the Chiefs and kind of dominate. And I don't think that's realistic. I think you and I kind of had the idea that he would come in and be a below average center that didn't embarrass himself but didn't exceed expectations either. And then kind of, you know, develop from there, which I don't think you could safely say he did either. So, I mean, you know, it, I think you can definitely say it's a disappointing season for him as a rookie, but you can also sit there and say, again, the health is possibly the reason. Yeah, and I mean, if he plays as like he did through his first few games before he got hurt, great. He finished with a 52 PFL, a PFF uh, rating. We're, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. And I, I do think if you look at, you know, the year that Andrew Thomas had as a rookie, keep in mind, we talked about that. Uh, at the end of the year, we were like, oh, my God, this guy's horrible. Like People like this was the worst of all the, the, the tackles after he was taken. And that year was, what, four or five quality first-round tackles. And you can make the argument he's the best now. Yeah. So, 
you know, you can't all go by a rookie year. But I'm just saying, got to see if he's healthy, see what happens there, and, you know, take it from there. Uh, next up is the guy we talked about here, Andrew Thomas. There he is. I say, 10 games in, 10 starts, 577 snaps, 76.1 PFF grade, which is low for him, guys. But again, he was battling injury all year long himself. So he gets off absolute pass because, A, he's still injured at the best player we had in our offensive line, guys, by far. But you saw the struggle that was there. You saw what was going on. So, um, and I think it's safe to say those two guys we just talked about, JMS and Andrew Thomas, are the only people who are probably guaranteed a starting position next year on this whole list we're going to talk about here. That's a pretty safe. So, I'm sure there'll be more, but but not guaranteed. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's other yeah. guys you can talk about as possible starters, but these are the guys that you go into going, these are the two that deserve a spot and deserve a chance because you drafted JMS a second-round pick, so obviously they give him a second year. Andrew Thomas is the best offensive line we have by far, so obviously he's going to be there as well. So He's the whole line. Um, do me a favor. i got to step out of the room for two seconds here real quick. You go, you go with the next couple, and I'll be right back. All right. Up next, Ty... Phillips, tackle, played 10 games, <clears throat> had nine starts, 553 snaps, who had a surprisingly 52.7 on PFF. So once again, below average, replaceable kind of player, but stepped into. We didn't expect that much out of uh, Ty this year. I think he played a little bit above where he should have been playing this year. But once again, you're sitting at a 52. 52.7 PFF, you're still replaceable. Yeah, but I like Tyree Phillips for a swing tackle kind of position. I hope we yeah. I hope we keep him long term, at least as a camp body. I don't think he's gonna get a contract that you're gonna be like, oh my god, okay, this guy has to make the roster. But I think he's a guy that we should bring in. You know. I, no, I agree. I never, That's what I was good at. Like he, yeah. he didn't embarrass himself. He played well, he played better than a lot of people thought. But once again, fifty two point seven is in that replaceable category. But yeah, that's a guy you can bring back as a backup, bring in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the scary thing is, though, he played better than anybody else who played that position basically all year long. Um, with, the, with the exception of one person who played three steps all season. We'll get to it at the very end. But, I mean, yeah. a huge upgrade, I thought, when Evan Neal got hurt and he came in at right guard. I mean, again, Tyree Phillips is not the guy you build your team around. He's not the guy you expect or hope to have as your starting you know uh tackle but to have him as a guy as a backup considering how we played i don't think i think we could do a hell of a lot worse that's for damn sure and like i said i think again he's somebody bringing in as a camp body that's not gonna be an issue you know having to give him a big contract we didn't even keep him last year past training camp remember me and rob were flipping out about it like what the hell i would not keep this guy he goes to phillies um you know practice squad before we finally bring him back halfway through the season almost and yeah he was an improvement we should have kept him we were right happens once in a while even a broken clock <laughs> so right twice a day exactly next up we got mark Lewinsky. obviously oh, hard 13 games in six starts 520 snaps he actually had the second highest PFF grade of any of the players on the offensive line last year. That's not saying much. That's that's I was much about to say, more. It's not saying much. 
that's much more a uh, a negative on the offensive line than it is a positive for a Glinsky. Um, 64.8 PFF. So, I mean, that still puts him as an average backup. Not very good. Um, what it does do, though, is make you go, okay, is he worth keeping? But I still think he's expected to be a cap casualty here. Uh, you know, his current cap hit is $7.182 million. And... Yeah, that's not good. That's not it's a lot of money to pay for a guy who's playing like a backup. So cutting mm-hmm. him saves us five point six eight two million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty safe to say he gone. He gone. In the words, it's just Timothy. Bye, yeah. bye, bye. Exactly. Exactly. Um next up we have the Burger King himself, Evan Neal. Uh right tackle, seven games, seven stars, four hundred and fifty nine snaps. A 39.8 PFF grade, guys. That's freaking pathetic. Yeah, that is the, the second the lowest, lowest, I believe. Nope, third lowest. We got two others that are worse than well, I was going to say it thus far. but Yeah, but Evan Neal is third year now, and he's going to be going to this with us. And to be honest, guys, he's going to make probably all four years with us just because of the cap number, and that's it. But the clock is a ticking, guys. The clock is a ticking because eventually... In his fourth year, you can just pay him to go away. And the way he's playing right now, guys, no one's going to pick him up with any anticipation of keeping him on an active roster. He, you know, he, he preferred the fans as burger flippers, obviously, last year. That's why we make the burger jokes with him. But this is a guy that he himself is going to be in trouble very soon. Now, he has made enough money where it don't matter for him. He's got enough money where he can live the rest of his life if he wanted to, if he was smart with it. But, he's going to be owning a, a franchise burger flipping place. Yeah. He's going to be owning a few White Castles or something. Yeah. Um, Fassy joint. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows them for their romantic Valentine's Day spread. <laughs> oh, they had a big spread this year. Yeah, they always do. That's what they always do, White yeah. Castle. But yeah, like I said, He's two years in, going to the third, and I look at him as a huge bust, a huge disappointment. And you can't be guaranteeing Evan Neal anything next year. You can't be. You know, Joe Shane kind of alluded it to in the press conference, and I think he's of that mindset of, yeah, we can't count on this guy anymore. So I'm glad they've come out to that kind of conclusion. But I look at him as the guy that you go, you know what? Let's, Let's see what he does in camp. Let's see where he ends up. But we're going to have people in place to take his spot, both at right tackle, at the guard positions. I don't think he should be given any starting uh, spot whatsoever. He should have to fight for every goddamn spot. He's going to get a roster spot by default because of the contract. But he's a guy that should not be guaranteed a damn thing because he's played so horrible. He's been horrible to the fans now. And that's where he's at. It's just, it's to me, it, it's, it's a move you got to make. You got to have it where... You're not counting on Evan Neal for anything because he's shown you he's not ready for anything. You just don't do that to the Giants fans. It's messed up. What? So you just don't do that to Giants fans. That's no, you up. don't talk trash about the fans of the team you play for. Like that's just no, stupid. Actually, any fans? Yeah. Like, well, you can talk. Listen, you talk just shit about Eagles fans. Go for it. They're horrible. Yeah. Um, well, but, I just mean like if you're a player for any team or any organization, you yeah. don't trash that their fans or that city. Like we literally pay your salary, dude. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up your face. Now we got two guys back to back that are interesting candidates because they're young, weren't drafted very high, could keep them, could cut them. And I can I can understand either school of thought, really. Uh, first one, Marcus McKeithen, 
uh, was guard slash tackle this year, 16 games, five starts, 378 snaps, uh, sorry, 45.4 PFF grade. Not very good, but keep in mind, it's basically his rookie season. And that's part of the interesting thing with him. He basically lost his whole rookie season, uh, you know, minus a little bit of camp time uh, to the ACL injury. So he's going to go into his third year of his rookie deal. He's got a $1.054 million cap hit. If we cut him, it's $916,000 we saved. I think for the cost alone, like you, you probably keep him to be as a backup and see where he goes. Because once again, we all know this. So let's be repetitive and say it. Anyone that comes back from an ACL surgery is not played to the full potential. It takes like the second year, unless you're a freak yep. like AP. Yet you just, you just don't come back the next year better than what you were prior to the surgery. Yeah, it's going to take time to get back to what you were. <clears throat> so he comes back next year, you know, brings up the PFF to what, like a 65. And you're like, all right, well, let's sign him to a fourth year and see if he could advance from there. Well, like I said, he's he got his third years where he's going in now. And yeah, I think he, he goes into the realm of camp body. You bring him in, you let him go into camp, you let him fight it out. And, you know, in the back of your mind, that if you have to cut him, you're losing, you know, $100,000. That's it. You just freed up some cap space. You moved on from somebody who injured one year, didn't play the best the next. But if you keep him, it's a low-cost guy to have on the bench. Yeah. So either either school with all works, but I think you got to get him in the building next year, working with, with Carmine Brasillo, working with the team around him, and seeing where he's at. Because, Honestly. again, we're talking about not the best year. But guys... His PFF grade was higher than JMS, so could have been worse. On this line, it could have been worse. Um, and then we have his buddy, his uh, college teammate, his draft class teammate, Josh Zudu, also a guard slash tackle this year. Six starts, five uh, sorry, six games, five starts, two hundred and sixty-five snaps, a forty-two point four PFF grade. Again, the same kind of situation. His third year he's going to be going into. He's got a 1.496 cap hit. A little higher because he was a third-round uh, pick, not a, uh, I believe, uh, McKeithen was a fifth-round pick, if I'm right. I um, think so. Yeah, so you're talking one point one and a half million. let's call it what it is, keep me simple. Um, we save $911,000 if we cut him. So he's about a $500,000 cap hit. But still, we can cut both these guys for and lose six hundred thousand dollars against the cap. Basically, where we're at. Yeah, and he follows that same thing, except for the only difference with him is he got hurt two years in a row. And I'll say this, and this is not an "I told you so" moment because I would, I, I, I don't like to be that guy with people who are on the team. I root for them. This was a bad pick from the get-go, guys. It was. He was drafted earlier than most people thought he would have been. He was drafted as a project. If you look at the tape of how he was in North Carolina and all, he he was a project. This was not a guy ready to go that you want from a third-round pick. A third-round pick should be a guy who can step in and start at knee bay. Yeah. Zudu was not that. Zudu had issues with his hand placement. He had issues with his form like crazy. And then you let him loose on a horrible offensive line coach. Not a good combo. And line, too. Don't forget about that. That line was... Yeah, I mean... But you can still, you can still succeed better than what he did around poop. You know, yeah. if anything, it should make it easier to shine. 
but he just hasn't. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't looked the best. And his issues with hand placement, all that kind of stuff, have been showing up on a film like crazy. Uh, I just think, unfortunately, the Giants set him up to failure. And you put that combo with the fact that he got, you know, injured both years. And unfortunately, it's not a good start to a career that may be over pretty quickly for him if he doesn't get healthy next year. Because Three and out. he's in that position where you're more likely to keep him than McKeithen because of the money difference there. But let's be honest, guys. Half a million dollars is not that much to throw away if he doesn't look good or if he gets healthy, if he gets hurt again. That's easy for the Giants to walk away from. No, that's what I'm saying. To us, it's like, hmm, that's a lot of money. But for the for the Giants, that's nothing. Absolutely nothing. So neither McKeithen or Azudu are a lock to make this roster. And yeah. neither of them should be based on how they played so far. Sometimes your best thing to do as a GM, even when you're the one who picked the players, is to admit you made a mistake and move Cut on. Cut the ties. Yep. Cut, Cut the ties. ties. Cut it out. Oh, Uncle Jesse. Oh, oh no, no, no. Was that Jesse or is that I was the Joey, I thought? Both of them did it. Did they both do it? Are they both did it? Only a little full house moment there. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> <laughs> Milkman, the paper boy, the evening TV. <laughs> Such a good show oh, it was. San Francisco in early night. And I think every kid our age had a had a crush on one of the uh one of the girls in the show too. Depending on how old you were. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Depending on how old you were, yeah. I definitely had a crush on DJ Tanner. Which one was the middle one? Uh Stephanie. Stage difference. <laughs> it, it's pretty it's pretty weird that I know the name of these characters still. Yeah, they had the the, the reboot on Netflix. They did. Fuller House. Yeah, which I totally didn't watch. <laughs> I watched some of her nostalgia and then I stopped. It just wasn't the same. It is what it is. It's done. Anyway, back to the players here. <laughs> Let's talk about some really some really bad draft picks the Giants had over the years. Next couple ones here. Ooh, yeah. Matt Pert. They're talking about a wasted third round pick here. Uh, tackle eight games played, which I think is a record for Matt Pert. Uh, one star. <laughs> 133 snaps, a 42.9 PFF grade, and he's a free agent officially. His, his his rookie deal, he's actually seen the rookie deal through. And last year, you and I both were like, yeah, this guy's got to go. But we kept him. Yeah. Kept him going. We're like, eh, it depends, I guess, how much he's going to cost, but like what we got going on, the opportunities, but yeah, he's got to go. Not only did we keep him, keep in mind we kept him and got rid of Tyree Phillips. Yeah, I, I mean... I guess in yeah. defense, uh, in his defense, uh, um, he didn't have the worst PFF for him. He didn't. He didn't. But on most teams, he would have. Yeah, most teams he would have. Um, I remember I watched one of the one of the with the preseason games that I can't remember which one it was, but he had he had a it was a run blocking scheme and he had to block a corner and he couldn't do it. The, the corner literally got past him and made the tackle. It wasn't the Jets? Was it? I don't remember which team it was. I cannot remember for the life of me. But yeah, yeah, that's how bad he was, folks. And his time is done. So he is off to what's the new UFL league? Is that what it's called now? The U, U, USFL or the XFL? I think it's the UFL now. It might be the UFL. Yeah. Did the Rock take my... over the XFL? Uh, I don't oh, know. No, he's, a he little, lost. He's, a, he's a little too busy being a heel in wrestling now, trying to clean up Vince McMahon's mistakes. Um, yeah, I said it. It's okay. Yep. And Vince McMahon <laughs> also started the XFL, right? I did. It all goes full circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt Pert, I think his 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 NFL career is done. Point blank. 
unless somebody brings him in to be a practice squad guy or a camp body this year without any expectations of him actually making the roster. That wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me. But yeah, it's time for some spring football for him. Um, that also goes for his, his his draft class comrade there that I can't believe made it through his whole contract either. Um, yeah. And congratulations, Mr. Shane Lemieux, for making it Golf past one, one game. He got to pass one game for the first time since his rookie season. Yes, he made a whole four games this year, guys. Four games. Blowing away his previous record. <laughs> uh, one start on the year. 91 snaps. 34.3 PFF grade, guys. That's, that's yeah, that's that's bad. That's really, really bad. Uh, that is second worst on this roster. Next one is the worst. Um, this is a guy that I, I said years ago we should have gotten rid of. He wasn't very good his rookie year. For some reason, people had this idea that he was going to improve for some reason, even though he's a good run blocker, but he is literally the worst. He was like the worst pass blocking guard in the league his rookie year. And I don't remember the exact number if he was exactly like the last, but if not, he was close to it. You don't go from bottom to good, guys. You can go from mid to good. You can go from good to great. You don't go from the very bottom. That doesn't really happen. But for Very some rarely. reason, he was treated like a savior. Every year he'd come back and, oh, look, Shane Lemieux's back. This is going to help the offensive line. And then he get hurt and he was done again in one game. All he has to do is stay healthy. He'll be good. Yeah, can't stay healthy. Can't. Yeah, he's done. Again, another guy that will probably end up in a spring football league somewhere. Bye-bye. We got just a couple of guys here that barely played here. But like I said, we're going to give you the whole the whole rundown of everybody that played. Jalen Bayfield, uh, three games in. Zero starts, 46 snaps, 26.1 PFF rating. Uh, yeah. Ooh, scary thing. He's on the roster right now still, guys. Um, got a $985,000 cap number, but none of it's guaranteed. So he'll be in camp. For that reason alone, he'll be in camp. But I don't expect him to make it out of camp whatsoever. Sean Harlow, center slash guard, eight games, zero starts, 16 snaps. 16 snaps in eight games, guys. Uh, 45.3 PFF rating, and he's a free agent. So, yeah, I'm, I don't think anybody's looking forward to Sean Hollow coming back. He had two stints within the year. I Remember, in the bad. middle of the year, he, he went to go play for the Cowboys in their practice squad for a little while. So, yeah, he's had two, two hours within the same year. He's done. Um, last guy, Jalen Thomas, tackle, one game, three snaps, zero starts. 60 PFF grade. Where have we been on this guy all year? Seriously, 60 <laughs> in the PFF. All three snaps he played. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, he's got a $795,000 cap number next year, but again, none guaranteed. So you're going to see this guy as well. He's another guy who will be around as a camp body. Uh, probably won't make it out of camp. So let's go through Let's go through here some of the, uh, the comments here real quick, and then let's go over more of what we should be doing here going forward because we're going to do this one a little different guys than we've been doing the other state of the teams that we've been doing here because a lot of them it's like here's guys we could go after in free agency here's guys we could go after in draft most rosters you got about nine spots guys there are so many people we could look at and go over we could spend five episodes going over possible additions to this line so next 12 hours going over it yeah so we're going to give you a scenario that I think fixes this offensive line. And I want to hear you guys' feedback on this. I really do. I want to see what everybody else thinks. 
But before we go into that, let's real quick go into the comments here. We got a couple I want to go over with you guys real quick. Uh, first off, Rob, there's your daddy. He says, howdy, boys. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, Deb says, is this Neil's fourth year? This is his third year he's going into. Yes. Uh, Timothy Frith says, should the Giants sign Tyler Biotish from the Cowboys so John Michael Schmitz will be his backup? Uh, I would have loved if we drafted Tyler Biotish. I remember flipping out when, when the draft was going on because we weren't taking him. He was available. We needed a center. I thought he was going to be very good. Uh, I'll say this, and I want to toot my own horn and make it seem like I'm always saying I'm right here. He hasn't necessarily been as good as I expected him to be. Uh, coming out, I think it was Wisconsin. Uh, but he had a 68.6 PFF grade last year, guys. So not bad. You know, you're talking, you're right at that, that lower end starter kind of number there, according to, according to PFF there. Um, but JMS is getting into the year. You don't draft a guy in the second round and then make him your backup in the next year. Yeah. Especially, yeah. he doesn't make a good backup because all he plays is center. When you have backup offensive linemen, you want versatility. You want guys who can play uh, guard, tackle, play. tackle. You know, uh, you know, can go play you either side of tackle. Yeah, guy can play center or guard, either guard. guard positions, whatever. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't see that being a fit personally. I, I think they're going to look at this as we got a guy at center. Let's let's fix. Still, probably don't have a guy. Um, Christopher Tony says, "What should the Giants do with this line, guys?" And that's that's what we're going to get into right now. We're going to get into how to fix this. So. We gave you guys every single player we've had. Uh, so if you look at based on the PFF rankings there, Andrew Thomas is the only bona fide starter we have. And Jalen Thomas, who, again, when he played three snaps, I don't know if you want to really consider him. And Mark Lewinsky is the only people who actually graded out as good backups. And, again, Thomas was three snaps, and Lewinsky is going to be cut. Everybody else is considered replaceable. So here's where we look at. Again, we mentioned Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz are probably the only ones guaranteed to be starters next year. So you have left tackle and you have center figured out. Evan Neal was guaranteed a spot in this roster next year just because of his contract, but he should not be handed a starter job, as we said, and should be considered as a possible guard also going forward as he struggled greatly at the tackle position. Again, that doesn't yeah. mean you hand him a starting guard position. You let him fight it out. But that means that's three of the nine typical spots on a 53-man roster. So we got to figure out six more guys. So... There's some guys that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if we resigned, but I don't want them given a guaranteed start. I want them to be I want I want a kind of I want an open competition for the three positions. I really do. Um and I want it to be that kind of thing where like, okay, we have these two guys, everybody else fight it out. I mean, even John Michael Schmitz, I wouldn't mind if they brought somebody else in that plays center just to kind of give them a little you know, fire they're going. Yeah. Um but guys that we had last year that I wouldn't mind us resigning. Ben Bredesen, Justin Pugh, and Tyree Phillips. And to be very frank, Justin Pugh, a lot of that is because of the leadership he brought. Yes. I'd be just as happy if he was an assistant offensive line coach. It's not his abilities as much as his mentorship. You're probably cheaper. Good. <laughs> probably good, but he's going to want to play probably still. Yeah. But again, we we signed him, you know, what, week six, was it? I think we signed week, week that four. It's week four, I think. Maybe. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, five or six. It's not like he had people like you know kicking down the doors to go sign him last year, and it's not like he played that good this year where anybody else is gonna go. Oh my God, Justin Pugh, that's the guy we need. This fixes our line problems now. We're done. Here's the championship. 
Justin Pugh's here. Just take it. Just take it. We're so, so sorry. We leave. And then you go into guys that I expect us to keep but have to earn a spot in camp. That's Marcus McKeithen, Josh Rizzuto, Jalen Mayfield, and Jalen Thomas. So now you got to sprinkle in some guys that you're going to sign or draft. My perfect world scenario is we sign a starting caliper right tackle and a guard in free agency. And then we draft a guard like the second, third round. Keep in mind, we got three picks in those two rounds. And those guys get to compete with that second guard position there. So I'm looking at what we got money-wise. You're not, we don't have a ton of money, guys. I'll, I'll be very frank with you. We do not have a ton of money. But we could easily make up a lot of money. We restructure deals with Andrew Thomas and with Dexter Lawrence. You know, the numbers already been out there. I think by the time we do some cuts and some restructuring, I think we're at like $57, $58 million, something like that we can do this offseason. So to me, I think we're going to be able to sign like two, three guys that are like legit, okay, these are decent name guys. And I think one of them has got to be at the offensive line position because of the issues. Yeah. So in this scenario, I had the Giants signing from the Rams guard Kevin Dotson, who is going to be one of the most sought after offensive linemen in the NFL. I looked up to see what people thought he would get in free agency. They got him at a four-year, $69 million uh, contract. That's what, that's what the estimate's coming out. He had an 85.2 PFF grade, guys. Sign this, yeah. this guy instantly solidifies our offensive line. Now, at the tackle position, we've talked about this guy endless times because Rob and I were the first ones to even talk about this guy. All of a sudden, all of the Giants podcast afterwards started talking about him. I don't know if they're listening mm. to us or... It just took a bit longer to put two and two together like we did. But Jermaine uh, Elmanor from the Raiders, right tackle, again, would be following Carmine Brasillo from the Raiders, was also with with him with the Patriots as well, 68.5 PFF grade, two years, $7.5 million is the estimates I saw online of what they think he's going to be worth in the open market there. So much cheaper option. But what that does is, it gives you flexibility if you have to put him in the swing tackle position. If you want to have him be a guard, because he's played guard before as well, it gives you options with a player that's not that expensive. You got one guy who's expensive, one guy who's not. Because let's be honest here, you're not going to fix this line by just throwing money at it and getting a bunch of the best players out there. No. It doesn't work that way. Nobody builds that way. So you got one guy who's cheap, one guy who's not cheap. Now we draft somebody. Like I said, we got three picks in that second or third round. I'm going to say we use our first, second round pick, and we get Oregon's center, Jackson Powers Johnson. And the reason I used him specifically in this scenario is because the Giants already talked to him about playing guard, which he has played before. He was center in Oregon, but he's played guard before. Now, the reason I like him in this scenario, besides the fact that the Giants talked to him, we know they're interested in him, they talked to him at the Senior Bowl, is this is a guy that you can go ahead and throw in a guard. Let's say JMS gets injured. Let's say JMS doesn't play well next year. Here's your He's guy to first put in Yeah, you have a guy that you can throw in at center if need be. That legit plays center. Remember when JMS got hurt last year, we are putting Ben Bredis in there. Doesn't know the position. Quite frankly, doesn't know it. It's not a center. Never played before. So I like that. And to me now, you have a legit, um, a legit offensive line. I mean, look at what you got there. You got Andrew Thomas now at the left tackle position. Okay. I mean, that's, again, a guy that I think could play even better next year. You got the left guard. who's going to be basically a fight between Jackson Powers Johnson and Evan Neal. 
And if you want to throw in a Zudu and, and McKeithen and let them have a shot at it too, what the hell? I don't care. Let whoever wants to fight it out, fight it out. You got JMS at center. You got Kevin Dotson now at right guard. That's because that's the side he plays. And Jermaine Eliminor at right guard and right tackle. That's a lot better of a freaking line, guys. A lot better of a line. Now you go from having one guy in the 70s to a guy that should go in the 80s, if assuming he's healthy. A second guy in the 80s. A guy that was just about 70 last year. And assuming JMS improves, let's say he goes into even to the at the upper 60s or something. I'm not saying anything crazy. Upper 60s. And let's say you get, you know, even low 60s at the at the left guard position. This isn't light the world on fire. We have the best offensive line known to man, guys. But it's a significant, significant That's improvement. Huge improvement. When your huge. average line, when the line was averaging what we'll say conservatively, like just shy of 50 points, even with yeah, through the year, you turn around yeah. and set a 65 average, 70 average. Like now yeah. you're an average offensive line. And I know that doesn't sound probably very appealing to a lot of people. Like, well, this guy, what the hell? Here's your master plan well, to get us, get us to to mediocrity. Like, yes, that. But that's an that's a legitimate goal, guys. If you think we're gonna in one year go from having basically the worst, if not top bottom five, I should say, in the NFL line position, I, I I would say they're say worse, and that's just because I was staring at them all game long and just hated them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're not gonna go from worst to first. That doesn't happen. There's a reason why it's yeah. a big deal when it does occasionally happen in the sports world. It doesn't happen very often. That's not legitimate. That's not a legitimate thing to expect or hope for. Yeah. But if you can go from but really bad to average. If you turn sure. around and go from, and let's just hospital high number. If you go from rank 30 to rank 12, that's a big difference. That's good. Even if you go from that's 30 huge. to 18, that's, that's a huge. third of the NFL jump. Yeah. Like I said, to me, that's like, sign me up. Like If you're going to tell me right now, that's what we're going to get, sign me up. I will take it right now. That's a legitimate yeah. growth. That's a legitimate improvement. And again, you got, you know, basically all five guys would be the second best player on the offensive <laughs> line. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to think about how bad this team was, guys. You shouldn't have 40s across the board. Yeah. Like Andrew Thomas was hurt for much of the year. That's literally what you had was 40s across the board. You wonder why Saquon couldn't get anything going. You wonder why the quarterbacks couldn't get any time going. That's all of them, including DJ. And everybody knows I've been the one bashing DJ probably worse than everybody here. I'm still not. I'm not. I'm not giving him a pass. He still needs to move on. We still need to move on from him. But if you guys think that we need that, this this is like okay. Like watch the games because I don't care who we get it, it, it. You know, behind center next year. Whether it's somehow like a guy like a, a Drake May or a Caleb Williams or a Jaden Daniels or if it's one of the other guys like a you know a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix or a JJ McCarthy, like this is not going to work with this line. It's not. You got to fix it, and you got to fix it immediately because if not, you're going to risk messing up the next quarterback that we get. Because I'm yeah. saying it right now, I don't think that necessarily Daniel Jones had a massive ceiling. I don't, but I think he never reached his full potential with us because of us. It's the Giants' fault. We didn't set him up for success. We didn't give weapons around him. You know, we didn't set up an offensive line around him. We never, you know, we, we bounced him from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. We did everything that guys like the Lions and the and the Bears and oh you know my. the Bengals prior to like recent history, like like the Browns, the crappy teams of the league specifically do. That's what we did, guys. Let's spend a lot of money, get a quarterback, and then just screw him over. 
Never we give did? the same OC. Never give him a good offensive line. Never give him any weapons. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's a set so, for success. Exactly. So let's set this next one up for success. Let's do it right. Let's get him an offensive line that can block. Because, again, you got Dotson as the right guard position in this scenario. Brings you like over 40 points higher that one position. You know, you're probably going to see a 10 point PFF grade hit, uh, increase by Andrew Thomas if he can stay healthy next year because he is an all pro level. You know, JMS gets a 10, let's say hypothetically. I mean, this is like, again, you got a guy who was what, what was, what was Evan Neal again, 39 last year instead of a gun, Jermaine at, at 69. It's a 30 point increase right there. This is a massive increase, guys. And I'm really hoping, Joe Shane, I hope you're watching. Because this is legitimately able to be done at for a fairly you know, cheap price. Yeah, I was. I mean, I wouldn't say fully fairly cheap because you're still going to pay a good amount of money for Dotson. I mean, Dotson right there you're looking yeah. at is going to be seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year. You're going to pay him very high. I mean, but if you're telling me you can get first, these yeah. two players for twenty, twenty-one million dollars a year the next couple of years, and it's going to make that kind of an increase in the offensive line, do it. Do it. That's steal. And like I said, after next year, you're not paying DJ anymore. So you don't have this big contract from a from a QB. You need to take advantage of that and get these kind of players that other players can't other teams can't get because they're paying fifty million dollars their starting quarterback. They don't have that ability. We do. Do it. Do, do it, it to your satisfied. Whatever it is. Gotta do it. So do the do. <laughs> uh all right, guys. Let's get into Real quick, some news here. Not a lot of news the last couple of days. I got to say, I kind of expect the next couple of weeks to be really quiet. You know, Most I think likely. you're you're going to see in the ten days or so, you'll start seeing, uh, you know, a good amount of stuff with the, uh, uh, you know, w- with the combine going at that point, and and then eventually free agency. Um, so hey, what's it? Sixty nine days to the draft. You just wanted to say sixty nine. I'm on to you. <laughs> so yeah, let's. Let's pay the bills real quick, and then let's get into the uh, let's get into the, the the little bit of news we got here, and then we're gonna call it a night here for you guys. On to paying the bills. Enjoying the show. Looking for more goofball action? Consider a membership at BuyMeACoffee.com/slash/two-giant-goofballs. Memberships start at just five dollars and give you additional goofball access. One-time support payments also available, starting at just three dollars. BuyMeACoffee.com/slash/two-giant-goofball. It's time for oh, yeah. the news. Oh, yes. It's time for that Giants news there. And we really got one item for you guys here. And this is something that was actually not even the Giants. This was something that was on ESPN, uh, promoted by former Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum, who, to be very frank, I feel like he's an absolute moron after hearing this. Um, he suggested He suggested that what we do is the Giants should call up the Bills, or sorry, the, I mean the Browns, and they should trade Daniel Jones and a second-round pick to the Browns for Deshaun Watson. That's Ew. what he suggested. Yeah. What the hell? So. We think we're spending a lot of money on DJ. And that's the thing. We can get out of DJ after next year. We're going to be stuck for three years with Deshaun Watson. Their whole point was that he thinks that, okay, well, they have – Joe Flacco played really good. They can give up Watson, draft somebody else to replace Flacco and give Flacco one more year and under center. Meanwhile, the Giants feel like they can't compete because they don't have a quarterback. And this gives them a quarterback. I can understand to a certain degree that Deshaun Watson is a horrible, horrible human being. 
There's no other way for me to put it, guys. And I'm telling you right now, there are very few players that make me have this stance. But if we were to sign Deshaun Watson, all this Giants gear behind you gets thrown in the garbage. Thrown in the garbage. That's how against the idea of having Deshaun Watson on this roster I am. And I'm sorry, I'm not sitting there saying that the Giants haven't had bad players in the past. I'm not saying they don't have any now. For all I know, there's a couple of them that are horrible human beings. I have no clue. I don't know these people personally. It's never been the move of the Giants organization or the Mayor no. family to go out and hire someone like Watson. So that's no. Been an issue. And they were very public about it when he was available by trade, saying they would not be trading for him. Yeah, that's that. That's not their mo. Like no, it's much of uh, the problems the Mayor family has. <laughs> yeah, I mean they stay classy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just can't with a guy like that. That many people came forward. I can't believe they're all making it up. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. I want nothing to do with that POS, alleged POS. I don't yes, get sued. Alleged. alleged. <laughs> uh, well, no, allegedly he did it. You, you still call him a piece of poop. <laughs> okay, as long as I don't get sued for defamation of character, because I can't get sued. I'm I'm too poor for that. If we get sued, though, you can bet that we'd be talking more about buymeacoffee.com slash two giant people. <laughs> <laughs> Buy uh, me a lawyer. Buy me a lawyer. Yeah. lawyer.com slash two giant goofballs. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's get to the NFL news, though. We do have a little bit of NFL news. Some of them include some people that might be interesting for us as far as free agency time period and all. So let's go in, in into that there real quick for you guys. Oh, yes, the exploding football is the best part. So we've got some Bucks news here, some stuff in my backyard here going on. So Bucks are likely to use the tag on Antoine Winfield Jr., which to me is a huge mistake, but whatever. I can't, you know, yeah. they want to do what they want to do. You have so many. Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, is a free agent. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, we'll talk about in a minute, is a free agent. But let's use it on the safety. Don't get me wrong. Antoine Winfield is a really good safety, guys. He's a really good safety, but that's a luxury. Positional what's, value, guys. I'm still saying it. Positional value. What's the cost of tagging your safety? I'd have to look it up, which is sad because even with us having Xavier McKinney, I don't know off the top of my head. I know the top 10, the Rangers, my, I want to say anywhere from 12 million to 19 million. So you figure it's probably like 16, 17 million dollars around there. That's probably a little high <sighs> potentially. But yeah. I was going to say like 12. Yeah, no, 12, but, you, 12 is the very bottom of the top 10. That's, that's a position that people are paying more and more for. But I just, like I said, I, there's not many times a safety is that guy who makes your defense your defense. It might be the final piece of a defense. So if you want to sign a safety, it's a big-name safety because you're this close to getting a championship. I get it. But that's not the Bucks. That's not most teams out there. So makes no sense to me, but that's what they want to do. You know, it might be because they have a great relationship with Mike Evans overall as well. And they don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to have that big of a, you know, case. I mean, they're talking about, I heard rumors of Baker Mayfield, 3 million, that's like three years, 75 million. That puts him at 25 million a year. That's not that's that way. Probably. For most people, that's a lot of money. For a starting quarterback in this league, that's nothing. No, that's probably It really fair. is. I'd be kind of shocked if he takes that. And I mean, obviously, you can look at what the, you know, what's out there for him otherwise. But if I was him, I'd want a lot of incentive options in that thrown into it too. Because if you're going to be a good quarterback in this league, you want at least $40 million a year nowadays, if not more. So, um, 
But as you said, Mike Evans expected them to be a free agent. He's on track to be one. Apparently, the two sides are very far apart, um, which is very interesting to me. Mike Evans has been a buck since day one. He is Mr. Buck, basically. He's Mr. Tampa. And he's very well thought of here. So we'll have to see how that yeah. follows because that's a guy that I know a lot of people have kind of pegged to the Giants. I, don't, I still don't see that happening. I don't see it. He's 30 years old. He's, you know, used to playing in a winner lately, at least. He's played on yeah. both. I know he wants to go back to losing. Not to be cruel about it, but the Giants were not going to probably, you know, be championship contenders next year. We're just guys that hope to get back to the playoffs next year. That's not good enough for what he's done lately, you know? Uh, watch him go to the Chiefs. That'd be freaking crazy. That would be nuts. <laughs> so you imagine. Franchise tag on a safety is $14,400. Yeah, see, I said about fifteen, sixteen. So, so it wasn't too far off. So, like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't see it personally, but whatever. They, like I said, they, they know yeah. more than we do as far as that. They have conversation with these guys. That's probably what it is. They just feel confident that Mike Evans is going to give them a shot to match anything, kind of like Saquon with us, and that there's not much of an open market for Baker. So where Baker where's Baker going to go? I mean, realistically, I, where would Baker go? I think he'll take less money. I think he would take less money to stay the buck. We'll see. Go somewhere else. He flat out said this is the most comfortable he's felt in an offense in a scenario since he came into the NFL playing for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So, and he's been enough enough offenses to know. That's what I'm saying. So. He played pretty well. Four, arguably four the played his best. Arguably played his best football besides yeah. his rookie year down in Tampa and went to the playoffs. So I think you take yeah, a little bit less. Like went to the playoffs. You, you take you might take a mil or two less. No, I'm saying asterisk and they went to the playoffs because they they won the NFC South. Yeah, well, someone had to. Still had to do it. Someone had to. So some. you. you he played in. He definitely played better in the second half of the year. So, which I definitely did not call. I called. You know, he blows his load in the first six, eight games, and he started doing that a little bit. He started going down, but he came back. So he feels comfortable playing for that organization. I think he takes a little bit less. I don't think he did tag him. I think he get him at a good deal, and that's probably why, you know, when uh, Winfield got tagged, and not Baker. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders because the Raiders are apparently Raiders. trying to find a trade partner in order to get rid of Hunter Renfro. So Hunter Renfro had 1,038 receiving yards back in 21, just a couple years ago. He's had 585 in the past two seasons. Not very good. In fact, he didn't even see a single pass thrown his way the last three weeks of last season. Mm. That's how out of the loop he is in Las Vegas. Um, so he's got a big contract, though. Uh, so we'll have to see there. He's uh, he's going to be $8.21 million, whoever trades for him next year. That's taking out the salary, you know, signing bonus and all that the Raiders would then be stuck paying instead. So, I mean, I look at it like if you're a team that needs a receiver, you don't get a ton of money. But he's like a shifty kind of slot receiver kind of guy. Maybe you take the chance because, you know, again, $8.21 million. It's a lot of money, guys, but it's not a lot of money for a guy that you think could potentially be a thousand yard receiver. So it's a matter of, do you think, because yeah. you can go back to the two years say, what's different? Josh McDaniel. <laughs> Makes so, sense. You know, but I'm saying you could look at that and go, okay, is this what it was? He just not fit that offense and he's better than the other offense he was in? And is my offense like that prior offense? You can have that internal discussion. It's a legit conversation to have there. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, 
there's definitely some question marks and it's a definitely a high risk, high reward scenario. I feel like because you're going to have to give up a pick to get him. Uh, you know, see, he's, he's also 28 years old. So he's starting to get where, you know, how many more years do you have him at a top level? Considering his top level hasn't been very top now too. Hmm. Um, other wide receiver news, the Ravens extended Nelson Aguilar, so he's officially not going to be a free agent. He was going to have some void years put onto his contract, and so they had to get that's had to do to sign him last year's put void years on, but they've adjusted everything. He's got a brand new contract. Ravens also expected to target a running back addition in the offseason via free agency. Now I've heard fans talk about Saquon him and uh, the, the the Ravens. I haven't heard anybody legit NFL source. It's one to keep an eye on. That's the one. I don't see it. It's one to keep an eye on because if you're looking at, you know, top free agents, he's going to be there. And because he's going to be there, you're going to talk about that. But I mean, look at, look at the list of people that are going to be out there this year at the running back position. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, obviously Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, uh, you know, Gus Edwards, who, uh, Ironically, he's from Baltimore there, but he's got a decent year. Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift. There are some guys out there that legit you can go, okay, hold on a second here. These guys did some stuff. You know, like it wasn't like this is nothing kind of guys. This is this is legit, legit guys out there, you know? So yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason overall. And it kind of got a, a pause because last year we had the big three with Saquon, Pollard, and J- Josh Jacobs and all three of them ended up getting the tag and stayed on the tag for the most part. You know, somebody got a little bit of extra cheese thrown their way at that point to keep him happy. But for the most part, that's what happened. Austin Eckler got a little money through his way to make him happy. Well, he was asking for a trade. So you got basically two years of r- running back free agents thrown together at this position. Now. That doesn't help their cases because yeah. now you can go, oh, okay, you don't want this money? Well, guess who does? This person wants that money, and it's legitimate, you know, cases with these guys. Supply and demand. I don't know. I just look at these these and go, you know what? The Giants will end up with a running back probably because of this. They might not end up with the one they started with, but they'll end up with one of them. Maybe. And I'm kind of curious to see how this goes down. Uh, AJ Dillon. I forgot. AJ Dillon's also going to be a free agent. There's another one there for you. Um, just looking mm-hmm. at the list here. Antonio Gibson is going to be one. Uh, Josh Kelly, who had a decent one for the Chargers, actually. Kareem Hunt again. Uh, yeah, it's, there's some names on here, guys. There's some names. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. It's going to be interesting offseason with the running backs there. Uh, Packers expected to cut longtime left tackle um, David Bakhtari. Um, don't try to say that 10 times fast. He's a great player for a long time. He can't stay healthy, guys. And he's got like a $40 million cap hit this year. So he got to go because they got still money for him. For a guy who can't stay healthy, they're not going to pay him that, obviously. Um, watch him be a Jet. I'm just saying, I, that's yeah. the way this the cookie crumbles lately. Watch him be a Jet. Watch him go play with Aaron Rodgers next year. Jets need tackles. Aaron Rodgers played with them for a while. I'm just telling you the writing's on the wall for that one. I won't even talk about mm-hmm. him as an option for the Giants because he'd have to play right tackle first off. And second of all, He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a jet. When you're a jet, you're a jet to the jet. <laughs> Steelers. We talked about them last week that they're cutting Mason Rudolph. Now it says rumors are they're expecting to re-sign Mason Rudolph after cutting him last week. So you know, 
little bye bye and bye bye and hello hello. I guess her uh, maybe possibly his contract. Well, yeah, obviously he's a contract. Well, I mean, thing obviously, that point, so. but obviously he wants to stay there too because if he's going to resign him that quickly. Um, well, I mean, people that towards the last stretch, he was yeah you know, one of the better quarterbacks that played for him. So the category of quarterbacks that people don't want to keep though, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected <laughs> to be cut by the Las Vegas. Raiders. Uh, he's also going to be suspended for the first two games next year for a PED vi- policy violation. Of course, he says he didn't mean to, and of course, they say I don't care. You're suspended anyway. Um, yeah, but that just like, never no, seems man. to shock me. You know, if you're a professional athlete, I don't care what sport you're playing. You need to know exactly what's in your body. You need to know exactly what is approved, not approved. And if you're not sure if something's approved or not, you email the league. Or the Players Association, or whoever you need an email to get an answer if this is okay or not. So it pulls down to, yeah. So you know he's he's so he's got two two games he's suspended for. To be very frank, he's going to be a backup quarterback for somebody. Uh, I'm going to say this, and get, I might get shot for saying this, guys. Not by Robbie, has no gun with him, luckily. Um, but if we don't get a quarterback in the draft, we could do worse than Garoppolo. I'm just saying, like. It's not like you're gonna have, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow available. <laughs> like, no, it's also the draft. No one knew who Patrick Mahomes was coming out. Of that no, draft. and I, it's a Randy Reid. But that's why I said if we don't get one in the draft, let's say hypothetically, at six the big three are gone. We don't think any of the guys are worth it. We don't have a trade like we want. We go ahead and get a wide receiver, and let's say by the time we pick next time, whoever we like is gone. Yeah. You don't force the. You don't force the pick. You can do a whole lot no. worse than, than Jimmy G and Daniel Jones fighting it out. They both got. And again, problems. I'm not high. In, I'm not high in either one of them. Let me be very clear on that. I'm not suggesting either one of them is the long term answer. Let's get Derek Carver at it. <laughs> like, he's he's a, he's a saint. He's not getting cut. But what I'm just saying is that either one of them could be a one year guy while I wait for the next draft or the next potential option. Just saying. You yes, could do sir. worse. Could do worse. Could do worse. So, all righty, guys. So, this calls it a night. We'll be back again for you guys Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Switch over to the defensive side of the ball to get the state of the team here. We'll go over the defensive line next. So, yes, yeah, might Should be some sexy things. Talk about the D. Oh, yes, the D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we'll be back, like I said, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Always, of course, live on YouTube, Twitter, X, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitch. Twitch. Remember, you tell me I was asleep last night. I'm like, what you want to be doing next? Um, And, of course, Drew's LinkedIn page. Oh, yes. Rob's favorite, my LinkedIn (laughs) profile. And, of course, as always, we're available the next day on all the audio podcast platforms. So Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all the big ones there. We are there. Um, so you said 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, be there or be square. And this is not one of those situations where it's hip to be square. So don't no. do it. Don't do it. We're not losing <laughs> the news. Exactly. So uh, we'll see you guys again, like I said, Wednesday. Uh, and then Thursday, we'll go over the uh, the edge room at that point there. So um, so defensive line and edge coming up the rest of the week. Unless any big news breaks, but I doubt any big news will break. Let's be honest here. This is, this is the time of the year they're... Everybody's at that waiting time period right now. See, they want to see the rookies before they make any final moves here for the most part. So, um, like I said, we'll give you the news that does pop in. We'll see you guys again Wednesday. And as always, Giant fans, go, Jamie! Go, Jamie!
Thanks for listening to Two Giant Goofballs, a New York Giants podcast. We appreciate your support. If you made it this long, you must have enjoyed it. So I am sure you have followed us on all the social media platforms. Of course, you have subscribed to the show on your favorite app as well and given us a top rating, right? Right? Right?